Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Well, the weather sure has changed over the last couple of weeks and harvest has started rolling across the state. So it felt like it was time to bring back one of our favorite podcast guests. So today joining us, we have Dr. Aaron Wilson. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Amanda. Hi, everybody out there. We are excited to hear from you with our red, regularly scheduled seasonal recap and outlook for the rest of harvest and heading into winter. So let's start off with the look back. Um, what did summer look like? And we can maybe discuss how that's going to impact what we expect from our crops. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as always, it depends on where you were in the state in terms of what you saw out there this past summer. You know, kind of going back to June, uh, reminding ourselves, you know, it's kind of been cool of late, uh, certainly, but we we got off to a hot hot start there in June. Uh, June ended up being the 30th warmest June on record over the 128 year period back to 1895. Um, I know right here in Columbus uh, on June 14th, uh, we hit a, a temperature uh, in the mid-90s, I think, with a dew point of 84 degrees Fahrenheit. So to give you a little comparison uh, of how tropical that is, uh, that tied Miami, Florida for the for the warmest dew point on record. And basically, our dew point is indicative of how much moisture is in the atmosphere. Um, and so when you get those dew points, anything above 70 is, is really pretty yucky, pretty oppressive. Uh, but getting up to a dew point of 84 was just really extreme. So we had a heat index of 115. And so we dealt with some some on again, off again heat in June. Um, and, you know, strangely enough, as mild as the rest of the summer really felt, our daytime highs uh, certainly weren't pretty much in, you know, flirting with any records. Uh, July was still the 34th warmest July on record and August was the 36th. And a lot of that was because of our overnight lows being in the top 10 warmest. And so, Again, something that we we talk about on on this show and we've talked about for a while during the summer, what we've seen is an overall trend in those overnight temperatures versus the daytime temperatures. So, you know, overall hot start and then a pretty, uh, I would say a mild, right, a pretty mild uh, regime set in for much of the summer. And of course, uh, similar differences, monthly differences with our precipitation as well. Overall precipitation, it was the 38th wettest uh, summer on record overall. And again, starting out a bit dry in June, but July turned rather wet, especially for central and southern Ohio, southwest Ohio. Uh, most of the state picked up 10 to 15 inches, but we had a lot of three-month totals there for the summer portion of the growing season, getting close to 20 inches. So if you look at down across Claremont, Brown, and Adams County, for instance, they had it close to 20 inches for those three months, and also Franklin, Delaware, and points to the southeast. And so that is well above average about two to four inches above average in those locations. But we also had on the flip side of that, some some pretty dry conditions sticking around almost all summer long. So if you went to Northeast Ohio, for folks up in Stark, Summit, Portage, Trumbull, Mahoning County, uh, they stayed below average. And west of I-75 in West Central Ohio, so Mercer down to Preble County, a couple of areas that stayed dry throughout much of the summer. So Again, it, it, it's always a, a matter of where you are and where you live. You can see vastly different temperatures and precipitation throughout the summer months. That sounds fairly average. I mean, 30s, are, we're looking at 128 years of records. So it's up there, but it's not top 10 like we've seen in some recent years. But you did have a record in Columbus on July 6th, right? 
Yeah. So back in July, part of that rain, we had several clusters, almost many to ratios, you know, these long line, these long lived line of thunderstorms come through on uh, a 24 hour period. Columbus hit a 3.7 inches, which is third all time record for Columbus back to 1948. Um, and, and like you said, we, you know, we had different areas and, and overall it's average. You know, one of the things that if you look at the National Weather Service or, or we talk about what's today's normal high, you know, it's based on a 30-year average. So it's based on the average between 1990 and 20, uh, 1991 and 2020. So this summer was very average if you look at just the last 30 years, right? So pretty close to that 30-year mean. Whereas if you look at the full 128-year record, it's in that top fourth or top fifth of, of, of records in terms of ranking. So it, it pretty much just flushed out to what we've expected or grown accustomed to over the last 30 years. Yeah, that's a great point. One thing I noticed around here that would be interesting to discuss is that the summer, although it seemed like we ended up on the wet side, those rainfalls seem to come in in batches, I guess is, is the way I'm going to describe that, where we would have extended periods of dry, followed by a grouping of days where we got, you know, maybe five inches of that 15 inches that we got over the summer. And so that made it difficult for the crops. And so I think that's why we're seeing some of our yields, maybe not quite what we expected now that we're starting to break into fields. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's really perceptive because, you know, we, we sort of, uh, for a long period of time, June, July, as a matter of fact, the weather pattern that brought one in 1000 year rainfall events to places like Jackson, Kentucky, St. Louis, uh, central Illinois, even Northern Illinois, for a long time, we dealt with kind of a stationary weather pattern and a front that kind of focused rainfall there. But as that ebbed and flowed north and south, just a little bit through the central part of the country, we occasionally would get into those heavier rain days and then it would shut off. That obviously, it all depends on the timing, right? When, when is it wet and when is it dry um, compared to what that crop cycle and that crop uh, growth and, and production cycle is. And so there were certainly were periods, you know, we heard, we've heard a lot of stories too, that critical time period around pollination or just after where it got a bit dry for about 10 days. And that maybe took off a little bit of the yield as well. And, and so, yeah, it, it, as always, it comes down to that timing and those details really do matter that those averages wash out a bit, but uh, uh, certainly I think uh, it, it's keen on you, Elizabeth, to notice that back and forth and, and these transitions, a lot of the transitions that we had this season, especially across central and southern Ohio, I would say, uh, stayed a little bit drier longer across the northeast and, and, and west central. Uh, to go into, Elizabeth, what you were talking about, too, is that we had such a wide planting window that what might have been a good rain or good timing for one neighbor wasn't necessarily for the other because there could have been a month different in planting. So to see the difference in those yields too, has been interesting. Yeah. And I think we've heard stories too, right? That just an il illustration of that is where, you know, we had some double crop beans, for instance, that almost looked just as good or, or better than that first crop. And so timing is everything. Yeah. I think that's notable. I mean, we talk about it being dry, you know, we had a stretch right around pollination here where we didn't have to mow the grass for a while because it almost went dormant there a lot earlier in the summer than it normally does. But then it's been growing like gangbusters since mid July. And right now I've heard some disappointing yields in beans, but I'm really curious to see what those later planted beans do that have the benefit of that rain later on. 
So let's talk about what's going on now. We've stayed fairly warm through most of the summer, and then all of a sudden we just get this cool weather, and there wasn't much of a transition period. It turned pretty cool. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, you know, meteorologically or climatologically, we we kind of break up our seasons a little bit differently. Uh, so the start of fall actually begins for us statistically on September 1st. This year, astronomical fall fell on the 22nd. Uh, and of course, uh, that was during Farm Science Review. And so if you were out and you joined us for Farm Science Review, we got a little bit lucky on that Wednesday because temperatures stayed cooler than we expected. Matter of fact, it hit 95 in Dayton and Cincinnati. But that rain, just a little bit of rain Wednesday morning, uh, kept our temperatures down into the 70s most of the day. And we got into the mid to upper 80s later on. But that was the last day, right? That was the last day of of uh, summer, astronomical summer, and it was hot. And the very next day, obviously, the bottom fell out. We had high temperatures struggling to even get into the 60s, uh, which was well below average. And that that's actually, you know, that continued through the end of, you know, the end of September. And even now through the first, you know, 10 days or so of October, somewhat seasonal, I'll call it seasonally chilly. And, and I say that because we're only running about 10 degrees below average in spots, three to 10 degrees below average. But if you compare it to a year like last year, uh, where October was some 8 to 10 degrees, 12 degrees above average, and we were talking about multiple generations of farm fall armyworm and things like that because of the heat. Uh, this year has been quite a bit different. It just shows the variability that we can have year to year uh, in our seasons. And so uh, certainly fall, and, and I think too what we're noticing, and, and you know, there's some research tying the sudden, obviously, tree leaves are, are largely uh, controlled when they stop producing chlorophyll or sugars are, are being uh, uh, created in transition. It's largely controlled by the length of day, but there's some impact from temperature as well. And some of the research shows that you can get some of the reds and the oranges uh, when conditions more rapid to change versus a, a slower or a warmer period. So I think we've seen at least anecdotally, uh, a lot more oranges and, and reds out there this year, I think, with our leaf changing. So another interesting thing about the cold, obviously, is that the potential, as soon as we turn the, the month to October, typically that's when we see our first frost and freeze conditions out there that bring that growing season to an end. And although most of the time over the last 30 years, we don't see free, you know frost conditions the first week of October. We we saw several instances of that this year. So I think it could have caught a few off guard just because it's not something that we've been used to recently. But from a historical perspective, you know our earliest dates of frost and freeze go well back into the third week of September. And so while a little bit off compared to what we've we've been used to or growing accustomed to, most years our our first freeze is occurring later in the season. This year's brought a little bit different, a little bit chillier in that maybe one, uh, two or three out of every 10 years, we see it uh, around this time of year. So pretty interesting stuff out there with the cold. With that rapid slowdown that we saw, and I mean, it really was as soon as we flipped the calendar to that fall, the temperatures dropped off a cliff. But it has felt like this fall we've seen crops progress a little slower to the finish line. You know, here in the last week or so, it stuff started to dry down finally. But I think a lot of guys are wondering if we're going to see our second summer that we normally get after a cool stretch like this. Yeah, there's been all those jokes and memes and TikTok videos out there talking about, 
you know, this is just so unusual. Like we're always oscillating back and forth between warm and cold, warm and cold. And, you know, we are expecting it. And I know we'll, we'll talk about the outlook here in a minute or two, but we've moderated a bit. We've had a few days in the seventies, but mostly, you know, temperatures have been running in that three to 10 degrees below average, as I talked about. So we're due for some warmer stretches of weather. If we think back last year, you know, we saw 80 degrees in Dayton in November. That was the first time we've ever seen that on record. So it, it's quite possible to see warmer weather, but Overall, you know, as we transition now, you know, this conversation into the outlook or what we're expecting, I, I think uh, we're on a roller coaster ride. We're, we're in those transition seasons. and I think we're seeing pretty good transition this year and a lot of ups and downs in our temperature heading into uh, the middle part of fall here. Do you think there's any rain in the forecast? Are we going to get wet? say November, it looks pretty dry looking out over the next 10 days at this point. Obviously we like dry, we like dry conditions. We like the dry down, you know, even heading into the first week of October, we were still seeing some pretty high moisture levels in corn, for instance, but those rapidly decreased with that dry weather, breezy conditions too, right? That can really help dry, you know, drive some of that, that drying. Um, rainfall chances, uh, really over the last several weeks. And I think continuing over the next couple of weeks, we might be lucky to see a day or two a week where we see a little bit of rain, probably closer to maybe a day a week. Maybe we'll miss some weeks where we see rain here over the next couple of weeks. So overall, uh, it does look like those, that October precip is, uh, going to be pretty minimal. Now we typically, October is a typically dry month. We see about two and a half inches of rain on average in the state. So it is typically a dry month. We're expecting an even, you know, close, close to average, maybe slightly drier than average uh, when we're looking at the statistics for that next month. So overall, yeah, it looks like efficient, I would say efficient harvest conditions here over, over the next several weeks. Uh, the caveat to that is that the tropics are always an issue. And we had, you know, obviously the devastation that took place with Hurricane Ian came ashore near Fort Myers in Florida with a cat four winds to 155 miles an hour and 10 foot surge. Uh, another landfall in South Carolina and, and the remnants of Ian barely skirted along basically our southeastern counties. So living south of Columbus myself, it basically we had about, I don't know, six sprinkles uh, from Ian. We were right on the doorstep. But anytime you think about tropical activity, it's open this time of year. We just passed our secondary peak. So October 10th is kind of the secondary peak. September 10th is the peak of tropical season for the Atlantic. Um, we still need to watch, you know, very warm temperatures in the oceans that can create and help help sustain these storms. One or two storms over the next couple of weeks can pop up and potentially make landfall. And so we we always have to watch out for that. But barring any tropical activity, October should remain fairly good for harvest. We obviously want our wheat to germinate and get up as well. And the cover crops that are going to be going in this fall too. So hopefully we'll, we will get a little bit of moisture to get that jump started as well. Yeah, that sounds good. We always need those sparse rains here and there in the fall to one, give us a nap and a chance to fix things and to get those fall uh, emerging crops up. So as we look a little further out, Aaron, what do you see for us in store this winter? Yeah, so we are in another La Nina. I know we've talked about this several times over the last three years. La Nina being that the sea surface temperatures in the tropical Pacific off the coast of South America are cooler than average. Um, and that typically changes um, the weather patterns in the upper levels of the atmosphere. And typically that brings wet conditions to Ohio to the Ohio Valley 
especially after the first of the year. So as we transition into later part of winter, uh, late winter, and even really early spring, uh, we tend to be on the wet side of things. We saw that last winter with the La Nina. This, in fact, is the third winter in a row that we're heading into, a La, or ha we have La Nina conditions present. That's a bit unusual. There's about four occurrences of this on recorded on our recorded history over the last, say, 140, 150 years, where we have these back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back La Nina conditions. So every year is a little bit different. Uh, of course, uh, obviously, everybody on this podcast is a snow lover, and we want to know exactly how much snow is going to bury uh, Ohio this year. That's always a trickier question. We have to wait really to see what the Arctic patterns and how they set up, which is, will be coming about, you know, a month from now. We'll probably get glimpses of, you know, whether uh, the Arctic jet will be very strong and keep all that cold air bottled up to the north or relax a bit and allow impulses of cold air to come down. So all of those words can be summed up when another highly variable winter period. So especially after we get through December, we head into January and February, you know, we're expecting uh, a highly variable, I think, in temperatures. I do expect us to be wetter overall, which could mean snow if we phase with that cold air. Um, but then as we head in, we start thinking about that early planting season. It's never too early to start thinking about next year. Um, what we've grown accustomed to with, with, you know, wet conditions and kind of that slog out of spring, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if we're dealing with some delays again next year. Now, I can't guarantee delays or an early season, but it, it certainly looks like the wetness will be around and that always tends to make spring or typically it makes spring a little bit challenging to get started early. Well, we always appreciate your outlooks, especially when we're asking you to do it for like six months out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit like a groundhog today. Well, even he only has to forecast six weeks. So yeah, I definitely see where we get our averages from. You mentioned that a lot when you have an extreme one way one year and extreme another way, and then you end up with the average, even though that never um, or rarely happen. So it's interesting to see that come into play this year. But we just want to wish everyone the best of luck as you continue to wrap up harvest, stay safe. These dry conditions, be aware of machinery hazards, combine fires, things like that, you know, cleaning off your equipment at the end of the day and checking for hot spots, things like that to keep everyone safe. Anything else, Aaron? We continue to provide monthly uh, seasonal climate outlooks at climate.osu.edu. So through the state climate office there. Um, as always, you can always reach out to me directly if you have any questions at wilson.1010 at osu.edu. And, you know, I look forward to seeing many of you at meetings throughout the upcoming uh, winter meeting season that'll be, that'll be getting here too. And of course, we'll have an update on winter conditions um, as we kind of finish up harvest and get into that pre- a holiday period there in December, so uh, or January, one of those two, right? We'll we'll kind of revisit that, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be uh, shoveling ourselves out of a couple feet of snow. That would be nice this year, right? Yeah. White Christmas. Let's do that. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks, Aaron, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey podcast listeners, just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. 
We appreciate the comments.